Tough loss for the Utah Jazz. Paolo Bancaro looks pretty great. The Jazz have some nice things from this game, though. Let's talk about them. It's the Hoops Nerd Show. All right, guys, before we get into it, let's give a shout out to our sponsor, Prize Picks. There it is. Go to pricepicks.com. Use promo code HoopsNerd. They will match up to $100. You go put $5 down. They will match up to $5. Up to $100. It's a free $100 if you're playing the over-unders. It's a lot of fun. It's easy to do. They have all sorts of promotions and free Fridays and, and things like that. So go to pricepicks.com. Use promo code HoopsNerd. It's a lot of fun. All right, uh, the Utah Jazz actually played pretty well tonight. I was actually pretty happy with what we saw, and we continue to see growth from these young players. The Jazz are continuing to develop and really making it a point to play these guys. And in the long run, I think that's going to be the right thing. Uh, let's see here. So I think we're just going to talk about the Jazz today, and then let's talk a little bit big picture of a few things and some few a few options they have. The Jazz basically have a... Utah Jazz, choose your own adventure now. And we have it's going to be interesting to see what the Jazz do. I think we're kind of seeing that the Jazz are showing us what they're doing. And when they show you what you're they're doing, you gotta you gotta accept what they're saying. All right. So, anyways, let's see. It's you know, Lowry Markinen was knocking down the three. But he was not hitting his twos. He goes six for 15 from uh, the field tonight. So if you look at this, he goes two for, what's 15 minus seven? Uh, <laughs> who wants to do quick math over the, <clears throat> oh man, three, eight. So that means he went, he was 25% on his twos tonight. For whatever reason, he cannot score inside right now. And I don't know if he's just tired from, you know, all the activity. He had obviously the off season with the army. Didn't get a ton. Um, he's been playing a full season now. I think this is probably one of the more uh, longer seasons he's played. So anyways, 18 points, just three rebounds, zero assists. Uh, he only had one turnover. And I guess, yeah, you if, you'll, if you can just get the three-point shooting, that's great. But man, the Jazz really miss him being able to make a two-pointer. Two for eight is just not great. It's just not. And so the Jazz needed a little more from their best player. You know, he was the big reason. I know, you know, before the season started, I thought the Jazz were going to make the playoffs this year. I actually thought they were going to be really good based off of what we had seen the year before. I thought we were going to see growth from Markinen, Kessler, etc. I was excited about Keontae. And, and you know what? Markinen has kind of backtracked a little bit. And, you know, that's okay. As the Jazz improve, he'll get better. And I think there's, you know, he's probably got some sort of injury he's working through. Who knows? Uh, it could just be kind of a little bit of a down year. But you look at this year. Uh, ironically, he's shooting 40% when it was 39% last year. So that's interesting. Um, does it show twos on here? He is a percentage down. Look at that. A percentage and a half down on the field goal percentage. He's making almost a full field goal less than last year. And three points less also. So I think that comes also from the free throw line. Look at that. He is shooting just 4.7 free throws per game this year compared to six last year, which was driving to the basket, getting fouled. He's not really quite doing that as much. 
And I know he's a little frustrated with the fouls and everything, but it's just not been quite as good. And so, uh, you know, it's not as bad as actually I thought. This is actually a little encouraging to see that the three-point percentage is pretty good. This is for the year. It's going down recently, at least. But you know what? He shot four for seven tonight. So it's interesting. But what is disappointing is the field goal percentage is down and the amount of uh, points. I mean, that's three points per game you're missing out on, which tonight, in a lot of ways, was the difference. I know the score says 115-107, but the Jazz were tied or and had the lead in the fourth at one point. They just need a little more from Mark, and he's their best guy. And uh, I know that he's an off-ball player, but they just... You know, they need him to be good, and it's just not been all that great. Uh, Gabriel, not going to lie, watching Jordan Clarkson close a basketball game in the year 2024 and watching Wemby destroy the Thunder is making me extremely depressed. Yeah, you know, if <laughs> I don't recommend watching the Wemby highlights because, you know, I've already mourned that. In a lot of ways, guys, I've just mourned that and moved on because what are you going to – I can't cry about it. I mean, it sucks. Wemby is incredible. We talked about Wembenyama so much on this channel. <laughs> and yeah, like some of the people out there saying like, wish we'd have done more. In fact, can we talk about that just for just a minute? And I know I've talked about this more. Christian House Money to Haas, $3. My man, thank you so much. Didn't see the game, worked late, boo losing. Yes, we lost. You know what though? They played well. In all honesty, I think this was a better defensive game from the Jazz. Uh... And I just, man, I think it's just, I'm just wanting more from Mark and 18 points. It's just like, oh, just a little more. And I know he plays off the ball and it's tough. And we've got, you know, there was no Walker Kessler tonight. And so that doesn't help anything. Although the Jazz were like closer tonight than they were last night against the, uh, I can't even remember the, the Hawks. You know, I, I think that's interesting. John Collins played pretty well tonight. He was just a minus three, 19 points, 10 rebounds, but. Uh, you know what? Overall, I mean, I know we're all down. It was just a close loss, and it was an improved team from last time. Less turnovers. In fact, let's just talk about something positive. For the game, the Jazz had just 13 turnovers, which is a high... That is a very good uh, number. That's like top of the league level. The best teams in the league are averaging around 13, 14 turnovers per game. The best teams that don't turn the ball over, that is. So this is really good. They didn't turn the ball over that much. And guess what? This Orlando Magic team is a good defense. And they've got really good players on it. Jalen Suggs, who hit those threes late, is a good defender. He plays hard. He defends hard. And so for them to have just 13 turnovers, that's pretty good. Sorry, guys. Ah. Anyways, uh, Markinen goes 6 for 15. Um, it is nice to see the three-point shot falling for them. That has not been completely reliable as of late uh what was i gonna i was gonna talk about something oh the Wembenyama thing um you know we needed to be i mean the san antonio spurs before the, the lottery i believe they had the wor second worst record in the league and they got him so we would have had to have the second worst record in the league right you know and the jazz did tank anyone who says they didn't tank enough well they weren't gonna be i just with how good of a coach that uh that Will Hardy is and and the talent that they even had I think it was actually pretty I mean they played so well last year I mean the thing is and this is how I've kind of been able to mourn and get over it is you can't just you can't just not play players there's two things two reasons why they couldn't go for Wembenyama but there are also reasons why I think going for Cooper Flag 
is definitely, I mean, I think it's going to happen. I mean, I'll be surprised if they don't, to be honest, because literally everything they do is pointing in that direction. Maybe they do something else that makes me sad, but the difference between now and then is they had so many veterans on the team. How many trades did they, I mean, I walked you through it in the member only video. You can watch it. There were so many veterans. I mean, they had Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, uh, you know, they traded Pat Beverly. They had all these veterans. They were trying to trade them as fast as they could. But the thing that I appreciate about Danny Ainge and the reason why this Jazz front office, I feel like it's going to be fine. I think they do have a chance for, for flag, and I think they're going to do it. I love, honestly, uh, that Ryan Smith talks about doing something disruptive. And what they're doing right now is disruptive compared to what the Jazz have always done. The Jazz have never won a title, okay? So they're trying something different. But anyways... You can't go for Wembenyama. You can't just not play players. Go ask the Dallas Mavericks who got fined $500,000 because they intentionally lost two games by resting Luka Doncic. I mean, that was for two games. Are you going to, are you know, are we going to take on a, a $5 million penalty when they see us just not playing players? I mean, you know, the Jazz did it subtly and they did it kind of the right way by you know, resting, marketing, developing players, and blah, blah, blah. But they had, they had, they first make the trade for Pat Beverly, or I can't remember exactly the order. Uh, you can go read the article I wrote in SLC Dunk or watch the video for members. They trade Pat Beverly for THT. THT was a pretty good pickup to lose games, although he had some games at the end of the year where he freaking won the game. Uh, and these were after trading Donovan and Rudy Gobert, but they got all the value they wanted. The amount of value they got for those two guys was remarkable. And the thing that Danny Ainge does that I appreciate is he gets value. This isn't 2K. This isn't like going to your 2K my season or whatever it's called and saying, hey, I'd like to trade this player for this player. Send. And then you just see if it'll happen and then it does or whatever. It's not like 2K. You have to negotiate. Other teams are not out there to make the Jazz better. They're out there to make their own teams better. They're going to do what's best for them. Yes, it would have been nice to have traded Mike Conley sooner, but the the Lakers are stupid, you know? Same reason why we got Mike, Mike Conley in the first place. The Grizzlies' ownership changed. That trade was going to go out sooner. It was literally ready to go before they made the trade the season before, the offseason. If you remember, and then they leaked things, they had an ownership change. The owners were stupid and dumb because they were new and they didn't want to do it and they leaked it. And if you don't remember, Dennis Lindsay made the comment that they were Bush League. <laughs> and then they end up trading at that. Uh, I can't remember if it was the trade deadline before and then they traded for him that offseason. I think it was the offseason. I can't remember. But it, the trade that the initial trade for Mike Conley when it happened with the Jazz was actually going to happen sooner because the the Grizzlies' ownership were a bunch of morons at that point. I think it's better now. But that's the point. Is like If you want to get value for your players, you want to get a first-round pick for Mike Conley, which the Jazz did, a top-four protected pick in 2027, when it, which is going to be like LeBron James, 44 years old, with a cane out there. And the Jazz will get a good pick from that. And, I mean, if it goes to top-four and they don't get it, then whatever. That sucks. But I, you know... All signs point to the Lakers being better than bottom four. You know, Anthony Davis will be on that team. LeBron James will be on that team, but they'll be older. And you just kind of hope that they're bad enough for that to be like a top 10 pick, but not bottom four because it's protected there. But anyways, 
It took forever to make the Mike Conley trade happen. They make the Pat Beverly trade, bring on THT, distressed asset to, to get to get better. Well, to, to, to get worse, really. And then if THT turns into something that everyone thought he might, then great. But he didn't. He's just been kind of disappointing. Uh, they trade Jared Vanderbilt. They trade Malik Beasley. They trade can't remember all the other players in that trade, but they trade all those guys who were helping the Jazz win, and they get uh, Russell Westbrook, and that pick, I can't remember, and that that's when they got the pick, and that was another move. They're trying to trade assets, but then you know everyone who's like, oh, trade Markinen. How do you trade Markinen last year, at least pre-trade deadline? How do you even assess his value? Right, he had not been. He had been a disappointing prospect through his time in Chicago and then showed some promise in Cleveland. The Jazz trade for him is the, in the Donovan Mitchell trade, and he comes over here and he's the most improved player. How do you predict his value on the trade market? He, you know, like how do you even get that trade done? You know, he had already before trade deadline exploded. They did not know that he was going to be an all-star player. Did anyone here who thinks they knew Markinen, you know, he had his good stint of play with Finland in Eurobasket. And so everyone kind of thought, well, if he can do that with in the NBA, that's great. But who predicted he'd be that good? No one, including the Jazz and including the Cavaliers. Otherwise, they would not have traded him to the Jazz, right? The Jazz would have probably had to get something less for the Knicks, right? They had no idea. So these people out here who think it's like NBA 2K, you can just trade everyone and rest everyone. Well, one, you're not taking those fines. I, I doubt the Jazz want that. And two, you cannot trade him unless you're getting, at least for the Ainge rules, you can't trade a, plow, a player for less value than they think they're worth. And right now, the, the value for Larry Markkinen is pretty huge. The fact that that Donovan Mitchell trade is going to turn into Larry Markkinen, and if they trade him this offseason, I'm not even saying they're doing that. I think they'll probably just re-sign him and rest him a lot next year. But they are probably going to, if they do trade him, probably going to get a ton back. So Donovan Mitchell could turn into like three or four more first-round picks, all for Donovan Mitchell. And so that's the Jazz valuing their assets correctly. It It's not 2K guys there was just no way there like i i will go to my grave with this it's there was no way they were going to be a bottom two team last year there was no way the first reason is they hired a freaking rock star head coach will hardy's incredible i know the defense is not that impressive and so i would like to see that over the next few seasons but they don't have any defensive talent outside of taylor Hendricks, you know and chris dunn there's just not a lot of defensive talent on this Jazz team. I like things I see from. Uh, at times, I like seeing the the mark, you know, Markkinen's rebounding. Um, there's times where I think Keontae George is super underrated as a defender. But I don't know if I don't think Keontae is like this elite defender. I don't think he would say that. Maybe he can become that over time. He's a good steals guy. Tonight he had what was it? Two steals, one steal, uh, nine assists. I mean, he had an awesome offensive game and. He's a rookie. You got to let him. We'll, we'll see what he can become. I think he can be a come a solid defender, but I wouldn't call Keontae George this lockdown defender. Uh, the best defensive talent on the Jazz is Taylor Hendricks, and he's a rookie. They don't have any defensive talent. You know, it is what it is. Uh, so, the moral of that story was 
Yes, it sucks. Watching Wemby be really, really good hurts my heart, but not as much anymore because it just, it's like, if like the number eight team, I think it was like the Wizards last year had jumped to number one and gotten Wemby, then that would have broken my soul. That would have, honestly, I would have shattered into a million pieces and died. But it's not. It was the number two team. And if you read what happened in the room when they were drawing the numbers, they picked the Spurs like three times in a row. Do you guys know how the lottery balls work? By the way, anyone who says the Jazz don't have a chance to get the number one pick, it's bullcrap. Because guess what? They did win the number one pick after they were forced to trade it to the Lakers because of CBA rules back in the day. And guess who that number one pick is that the Jazz won that they didn't even get to pick that went to the Lakers? His name is Magic Johnson. <laughs> So there's your fun fact for the night and the fact that the Jazz got Dominique Wilkins and had to trade him for cash to keep the team in Utah. Otherwise, they'd have lost the team. So, you know, <laughs> how's that for making tonight happy? Anyways, it's bullcrap. The The Jazz can win the number one pick. Can we stop this? I like Honestly, there are so many narratives out there that drive me crazy. I don't know why I get on the internet. I don't know why. I mean, I, honestly, I get on here and I read things on on places and I just I just go like, what? Like people that were talking about Wemby's knees and that's why we shouldn't try to get Wemby. Well, tonight his knees looked pretty good to me, you know? And people who said Chet, Chet Holmgren was too skinny and couldn't wouldn't be able to play. Well, looks pretty darn good to me. Pretty darn good to me, right? I mean, even people talking about Taylor Hendricks, oh, he's way too skinny, blah, blah, blah. He stood up freaking Paolo Bancaro tonight. I am so excited about what Taylor Hendricks can become. He is awesome. He is going to be, guys, by the way, swig of root beer. Uh, he's going to be so nice, like so nice. And he's bringing some real questions for this Jazz team in the future and what they do. Uh, so, yeah, so I agree, Gabriel, we can... It's, it's, it, at least it wasn't the number eight with us at nine, you know, <laughs> thank heavens that it was not the number eight that jumped number one. Cause I honestly might've died. I might've died. I really, I honestly would have died anyways. So can, is that, does that make sense? I know maybe not a lot of people are going to watch this video because the jazz lose the views aren't good on losses, whatever. But for those who are here, spread that message that you can't dismantle a team and run an off front office correctly and just kind of just i mean they can't you it's i it just i mean i guess you could you're but then you know what detroit had the worst i was it detroit had the worst record last year and they ended up at five <laughs> so everyone who talks about oh san antonio and oh the jazz didn't try hard enough we'll go ask detroit how they feel right now because they detonated everything, hired a bad coach, and they're still in the bottom two. And this is a bad draft year. What if they get better next year? That would be the funniest thing is like next year when it's a good draft at the top and they just are bad again, but like not bad enough. That would be hilarious. And that might happen. But you know what? I think Utah's going for it next year. Okay. I, I guess that's all in that. And then you know what? There's... Let's just do big picture stuff now, and then we'll talk about the players a little bit, and then we'll be good. Uh, there's like a choose-your-own-adventure right now that the Jazz have. And there's really like, is there three? Uh, where do I put my hands? Woo. Woo. Uh, they really have like 
and I can't, I don't know how many options there are, but here, let's just go through it. Convey the pick. I mean, I guess win now was one of the options. That door has been shut. You, did you guys read Goosebumps as a kid? The choose your own adventure Goosebumps? Um, I don't know if, does Gen Z have Goosebumps, choose your own adventure? Because I know me, the millennial group, Gen Y, I'm maybe. Do you guys have choose your own adventure? Let me know. But anyways, choose your own adventure. If you don't know what that was, were these books that you got at the library at your school and you sat there and you read every scenario. And what it was is you'd read and it would say, okay, now there's a door in front of you and then a door behind you. Which one do you choose? Go to page 32. If you open the front door, go to page 64. If you open the other door, well, there's like a lot of choose your own adventure for the jazz right now. And one of them that they chose not to do was just go all in and try to win, you know, make trades to make the team better, try to make the playoffs, blah, 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 or at least not even trade their current players. And they did. They chose not to do that. I thought the Jazz would be good enough to be in the playoffs this year. I thought, you know, and they were obviously not. It was very apparent from the beginning of the season that they were not going to be as good as I thought they could be. Uh now, they have some options. They've already kind of chosen to trade some players. Now that they've traded their players, we're on like page 27 of this book. And you've got multiple options on this page. One of them is you tr you play really, you convey the pick. Uh, it's starting to look to me like the Jazz are not taking that door. Because, you know, Walker Kessler didn't play tonight with an ankle, you know. I'm guessing he's actually injured, but I, I, you know, I watched Jordan Clarkson rest for 20 games last year. I watched Markkinen rest nine of the final 12 with injured, you know, injuries. And so I don't know. I don't know. I'm guessing he's got an ankle thing, but it could be that they just are going to start resting more guys and lose more games and ensure that they have a top 10 pick and keep the pick, you know? So that's one thing that they can do this year or and or they can try to convey the pick. Now, big picture, and maybe I'm doing this terribly and this doesn't make sense. There's really multiple options they can do. They can convey the pick this year. They can pay, convey the pick next year or they can convey the pick in 2026. Uh, it's more likely to convey in 2026. Those are really the three options. Actually, there's a fourth option. Okay, there's four. <laughs> this is a terrible podcast, but it's a loss. If you're here, you're incredible. There are four options. What is the fourth one? And this is actually something that I'm kind of like, am I allowing myself to think they could do it? Option one is to convey the pick this year. They're not taking that choice, it looks like, unless they're just losing and they're just not good enough, which might influence a lot of decisions, by the way. James, how do you say Worcestershire? Worcestershire. <laughs> um, okay, so I don't think they're taking that door. The second option, convey the pick in 2025. This offseason, maybe they go get some players. They trade picks for players, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I don't think that's what they're going to do, but I could be wrong. That's option two. 2025, you say, you know what? I don't care about Cooper Flag. I don't care about Ace Bailey. I don't care about Dylan Harper or Jaleel Bathia or how, however you say their names. Um, I don't care. I just want to make the playoffs next year and give the pick to the Thunder next year. That's option two. Option three is maybe your bottom 10 next year. Oh, thank goodness. Oh, 
I got, oh, I already gave you your, your love. Thank you, Christian House Money to House. Again, $3. Super generous, my friend. Thank you so much. Uh, option three, after getting a top 10 pick in 2025, the Jazz decide that they want to not just have their young players play, you know, just their youth, and they want to bring on, uh, they want to convey the pick in 2026 to uh, the Thunder. And it's going to be a little harder to not convey the pick that year because it's bottom eight protected. Now, that one's scary to me. That's the one that really does scare me because it's top eight protected that year. To be bad enough to get it, you got to be pretty bad. I mean, look at the standings right now, just comparing now to then. Uh, bottom eight means 23 and 36, a 39% win percentage. That's And that's to be the eighth worst team. You've got to be in this bottom eight to keep that pick. The interesting thing about that is that sets up option four. Maybe you just decide, screw it. Sam Presti, be danged. We are not conveying a pick to you, Sam Presti. Because guess what? After it doesn't convey in 2026, I believe it just becomes cash. And so the Jazz will have gotten rid of Derek Favors for free. And all it took was years of hand-wringing and worrying. <laughs> and so that's option four. And I'm wondering if that's an option they want to take. You know, the thing is, is they've got a Lowry Markkinen question. Lowry Markkinen is good enough that if they play him regularly, he is probably good enough to make sure you're in this area. Kind of like they are right now, even after this loss, even though even going three for seven in the last 10, the Jazz are still sitting at number 11, you know, still. Now, I think uh, trading away a lot of other veterans and letting the youth just go and bringing on reclamation projects, they can get there. They can get to the bottom five. And then at that point, you're looking at a really nice shot. You know, 12% or better is where I'd like to be. Uh, but man, to be bad enough in this league, you got to be pretty bad. Look how bad these guys are. I mean, that's tough to be. Uh, but what that takes is probably trading Larry Marketing. And that's basically option four. And you're bringing on reclamation guys. You're bringing on, you know, for... In the news right now, you have Jalen Green, who is just not being impressive with the Rockets. He's not really in their rotation. He was a top three pick or top four. I can't remember. You know, the physical gifts with him are incredible, but he's not playing well. Do you go and trade for him? And if he's amazing, then that's great. If not, if he's terrible, then he quietly helps you lose a lot of games. I don't know. He can't defend for anything. It makes me a little nervous because watch Will Hardy turn him into a good player and then you miss out on, you know, uh, I don't know. It's really interesting. Those are basically like the four, it's the four options of conveyance the Jazz have. Convey, convey now, convey next year, convey in 2026, or don't convey at all. The don't convey at all is much harder to do because after two or three years, Keontae George is going to be really pretty good uh we're gonna see taylor hendricks just get better and better he has like real interesting potential with what he does so 2026 is a really interesting year and that's the other thing if you don't convey the pick in 2026 then you also keep the pick swaps what if like that's going to be post donovan mitchell in cleveland by the way just so you know 
Uh, Donovan Mitchell next year has his player option, and I would be shocked if he doesn't turn that down to go get a big-time contract somewhere else. Right? Like, Donovan Mitchell, I mean, honestly, it would be kind of interesting to see him go to, like, I mean, <laughs> Jazz fans would just love it if he goes to the Lakers, who think they have a shot at him, by the way. That was one of the rumors that came out. Uh, so, I don't know. But he's probably going to, like, Miami or New York or something. And if they lose him and don't get anything back, because they, you know, they went on a whole offseason this year with all these rumors, did not trade him. Each year he gets closer to that player option, and they don't trade him, the less they're probably going to get in a trade. So, oh, it's pretty crazy. So, you know, that would be, that's the year that if we lose our pick to Oklahoma City, and if one of those teams gets to the top 26, then Utah loses their their uh, pick swap and that would be devastating so honestly though i think the jazz are watching that they're going to watch what happens this offseason um i have no idea what's going to happen this offseason guys i really have no clue a lot of signs are pointing at like a pretty crazy offseason in fact let's talk about it a little bit uh john collins we talked about him uh, seven for 10 from the field. He goes two for three from three. He had an awesome offensive night. He was great. He played really well tonight. It's a bummer that the Jazz lost 10 rebounds, 19 points. He was really solid. Uh, really nice to see Keontae George tonight. Yes. The two ball wasn't falling quite as well. 41% uh, from the field though. Isn't the worst. He goes 50% from three. He was perfect from the free throw line. Took seven free throws. Nice to see those free throws back up for him. Nine assists, three rebounds, and, you know, he had that one turnover. That's, he had two kind of sucky turnovers, but nine assists to two turnover ratios, pretty good. So, honestly, Keontae George is just, he's going to be nice. He's going to nice. The Jazz really have found their point guard, you know. You look to the future, I think Taylor Hendricks and Keontae George are 100% a part of this team's future. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see with this offseason with Larry Markkinen because you know, he has a contract negotiation probably going to happen. So it's just going to be interesting to see what they do. I assume that he will probably sign and be okay. Uh, Tony Jones has talked about he's okay with the Jazz long-term plan, but, you know, who knows what happens. Uh, so it'll be interesting. I assume he'll re-sign. I assume. But you never know. Colin Sexton had some moments tonight. He had, I, I, this is why I never trust the turnovers on here usually. Because it's just sometimes it's like it's like based off of who the ball bounces off of sometimes, not necessarily the bad pass. Uh, it feels like he should have had two or three where he just didn't look like he was, uh, you know, engaged a little bit. And he got better as the game went on. But, uh, man, there's a few times where it's like, what are you doing? Especially to start the game against the Hawks and this game. It was like, come on, man. Uh, but he did better. Uh, as the game went on, and it was nice to see the three-point shot falling. He also missed four free throws tonight. Ah! Like, those matter, you know? He shouldn't be shooting less effective than Walker Kessler recently, who's shooting much better, by the way. Four assists for for uh, Sexton with only one turnover. This I don't trust a little bit. I think it was a little higher. But that's what it's written down, so that's what it is, I guess. Uh, Chris Dunn. I, I, what can you say? He has been really just someone I love watching. I, there are some elements to his game that are hard to quantify, you know, how they hurt the team. He's such a awesome player to watch and he does such a good job defensively. You know, he's sometimes a little wild and 
can be a little bit foul prone, but he just brings the intensity and I love it. And so him off the bench, I think is amazing. And I think he'll be on the team next year. Honestly, he's probably one of the top five most likely to be on the jazz next year of the entire team. Um, Jordan Clarkson was terrible again, like just terrible. And it's to the point where, I mean, it's hard to imagine them. I mean, look at this two for 10 from the field. He was honestly terrible last game as well. One for five from three. He can't, I mean, it, the fact he made one is great. He cannot shoot the three lately. I do like the seven assists and there were some real highlight ones and that's nice to see. But he scored five points. Oh, sorry. He, uh, the shooting is just not there this year. And I think he is 100% going to get traded this offseason for something, some sort of pick. And there are elements that, you know, you'll probably miss him in certain ways. Having that outlet, having that ball handler on the floor, having that guy that can create his own shot, those have a lot of value. Problem is he's just not shooting it at a, it's just a really bad level. You know, I don't know what happened here. It's crazy. You remember Clarkson hitting that mid-range floater and it seemed like it was automatic? It was crazy. So I think the Jazz will likely trade him for whatever they can this offseason, but he is most likely traded. Uh, Lucas Samanich played. This was an interesting one. I know this is for the real hoops nerds out here. This one was interesting and maybe not for the reason you think, or maybe it is. I don't know. But Lucas Samanich basically played um, backup center in this one. Yeah. Uh, Walker Kessler doesn't play, which makes me want to put on my little tinfoil hat. Uh, with you know what we've been talking about with Walker Kessler, I think the Jazz are 100% at this point playing the style they want to play for the future. And that means a stretch five. It means a player at the five that can shoot the ball and protect the rim. That's what they want. That's what they honestly have in John Collins. He's not the level of Walker Kessler protecting the rim, obviously. Not many are, actually. Walker Kessler, great rim protector. But what... Uh, John Collins brings and Lucas Samanich is the ability to knock down a three, which spreads the floor on a five out offense. And it's very clear that the Jazz really want to play that way. That's what they want to do. And they haven't really been able to do that when Kessler's on the floor. And so for Kessler to really prove himself for the future when he comes back, he's got to be dominant. I mean, he's got to be so good that it changes what the Jazz want to do, you know? Uh, Good. I was going to bring that up, Gabriel. What do you think make of the Jazz not really being that much worse without Walker? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I had some thoughts. And these are some thoughts that have been sitting in my head that I've been a little afraid to say. But there's a few things. I think sometimes the advanced analytics lie. I do. Because some of the advanced analytics with Walker are amazing. But advanced analytics are based off of box scores. They're based off of how many blocks he made. You know, field cold percentage is when he's there. I think Walker Kessler doesn't have a very quick second jump. It's something that I watch and I look at, and maybe you guys can watch it too and let me know. He doesn't seem to get like that second block very often. He'll get the first one or he'll deter the first shot. But if the team rebounds the ball, and by the way, he hasn't been very good at like getting that that rebound. You know, he's just not been a good rebounder this year for his size and what he did last year. It's been really disappointing. 
But it seems like he doesn't have that second jump. Rudy Gobert has that second jump, and it's lethal. You know, what makes Rudy Gobert so incredible outside of just, you know, he's an underrated athlete. Obviously, with Rudy Gobert, the length is just insane, and the size and the movement, and how, uh, you know, surprisingly quick he is, fleet of foot and everything. But what's really incredible with Rudy Gobert is that second jump. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? He goes up for that first block. And, and he either deters the shot or comes down and you go right back up because that's what the offensive player is going to do. Reaction time. Yeah. Reaction time. And then just that ability to get that second block on the second shot. I just don't really see it that often from him. It seems like there's a lot of times where he'll either deter the shot or block it. And then they score on the second one, you know? And one thing that I think is interesting, Ryan Rosillo talks about this a little bit. Blocks can be one of the most overrated stats in the league. And a lot of front offices think talk about that. Like the most important stat is deterring the shot. And Walker Kessler does show up well as a defensive field goal percentage. He does, you know, so he is a good deterrent. But I sometimes wonder if it's a little inflated because he does the initial shot, but not the second. And then maybe sometimes he gets a little lucky on that second one here and there, and that's enough to make the defensive field goal percentage pretty good. There's times where it's like, He'll get the initial block or whatever, but he's not been a very good rebounder. So he's not, if he's deterring the first shot and not getting the rebound in their offensive rebounding, that sucks. That ruins the whole possession. It is not a good possession if you don't finish it with the rebound, you know, and that's where I think, you know, I talked about Malari Markin and rebounding tonight wasn't very good, but uh, he's a good rebounder and rebounding really does matter. Defensive rebounding is incredibly vital. It's really important. Never, ever, ever underestimate the value of a good defensive rebounder. It really matters because offensive rebounds are where teams get super efficient. It's why the Jazz were so good last year. And it's why Walker Kessler was so incredible last year is was his offensive rebounding made that that score percentage for the Jazz and the point per possession and all that stuff so good. And it's why they won a lot of games outside of um, Kelly Olynyk shooting 63% from three for the first quarter of the year. Uh, that was a big deal, and the Jazz were a big-time offensive rebounding team and so on. Uh, and so Kessler's just, I there's some things that make me wonder, like, are these stats lying to me? Because you watch the game, and like you're saying, Christian, you know, he is in his head. You know, there's a, you know, I know Steve Kerr sucks for what he did, and, you know, Steve Kerr cost Team USA um, gold. He really did. He was a bad coach. He did a bad job. He did a bad job coaching Team USA. Sorry, it was bad. And, you know, this Bobby Portis stuff over Walker Kessler was ridiculous. Bobby Portis looks like garbage this year. That was honestly so bad. It really was. There's just nothing, there's no defending it. He was terrible. Uh, especially when you consider how many teams play inside and you need a rim protector. And for him to not play Walker Kessler was a joke. A joke. You know, and so I was frustrated too. And I wish that Walker Kessler would have come out of, you know, this season and just like been with that fire to prove him wrong. But it still feels like he's still in his head about stuff. He still gets, you know, frustrated and down. And, you know, I understand that because I think when I was playing, and I'm sure everyone here who played basketball, when you screw up at basketball tryouts and you get first cuts and stuff, it sucks. It hurts. It's not fun. But he's an NBA big and he really does belong in the league. Even even Walker Kessler not playing particularly well is still a good NBA big. At worst, he's a high-level backup center, right? At worst. 
at best, he's like a defensive player of the year candidate. You know, that's kind of his ceiling. Um, offensively, there's some real limitations there. Uh, but so anyways, um, I think he is in his head, but there comes a point too, where you've just got to say like Walker at a certain point, you've got to get over it. You know, at a certain point, you've got to just tough it out, get over it and, and, you know, improve, prove him wrong. Stop thinking about the mistake you made and go out there and crush the next possession. Go out there and cram it on people. Be mean. Get a mean streak going. Stop letting people be mean to you. Be mean back. You know? You, it's it's a league of bullies. And you're you're either bullying or getting bullied. It really is true in a lot of cases. And if you're getting bullied, you got to figure out how to toughen up. And a lot of times, it's, you know, it's really true with this league. So much of it is mental, you know? And you've got to be mentally tough. It is a grind. 82 games is a lot travel all-nighters uh all sorts of stuff like that it is it is uh it is a grind and it is a mental grind and you've got teams out there with guys that are just you know they're bullies you've got to be mentally tough and the mentally tough ones are the ones that last the ones who are tough mentally tough at all times in the off season are you improving in a big time way are you going and adding to your game that's what i'm hoping for, that i see from Keontae george this off season is can Keontae George in the offseason add to his game? Can he improve his jump shot? Can he improve in all these areas and then add different elements to his game? You know, same thing with Walker Kessler. I had kind of hoped that maybe he had added, added a different element. Not really. I mean, he has improved free throw percentage. You have to give credit to Kessler for that. His free throws have gotten much better. So that is something that's nice to see because that makes him much more player playable at the end of games, but he's got to be just mentally stronger. He just does. He's seven foot one. He's an incredible shot blocker. He's got all the physical gifts in the world. Uh, use them, use them, be tougher, crush those boards, fight guys. You've got to be tough. You just have to, it's uncomfortable, but you got to do it. If you want to be a big time player in the league, you just do. And I'm just waiting to see that. That's what I would like to see. I expected to see it this year, and we just haven't really seen it. It's been a pretty disappointing year. Uh, from the Steve Kerr thing to getting his shoulder or arm, his elbow injured by Demonis Sabonis in game one, you know, it's been a little... Yeah, it's been not great. Jordan to go best role. George needs to improve his handle. Yes, he does. You know, and that's what I'm watching... This offseason, can he improve his handle? Can he improve his pull-up? Can he improve his catch-and-shoot threes? Become just automatic, you know? Because I think Keontae George has a chance to be 25-point-per-game type of guy. I think he has, you know, 20 to 25 points per game for sure is potential there. And then you can include the passing. I mean, he has a chance to be a special offensive player. And honestly, I think a pretty good defensive player. The way he plays, he looks pretty solid. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to watch. And that's why next year, even if the Jazz lose a lot, it'll be fun to watch how they how they grow, how they improve, what they do. Um, same with Taylor Hendricks. I mean, that guy, the upside there is crazy if he can start adding some different elements to his game. So there you go. That's my thoughts on it. Um, it's why, honestly, we'll see what happens. I mean, there may be a team out there that wants Walker and and... If they give the Jazz what they want, they might do it. You know, 
it will we'll wait and see. We'll definitely talk about it, whatever happens. But this offseason, I think, is shaping up to be interesting because I think I think Jordan Clarkson for sure is probably being moved, and that's based off of reporting. Uh, and then who knows? We'll see with Colin Sexton. He's played really well this year, but he was also in trade rumors during trade deadlines. So we'll see what happens. Oh, guys. Let's see. Let me pull this up. The Jazz are still at 11. So uh, and let's see if, let's just do a quick one. Would the Jazz convey today? No, but look, LA jumps to number four and gives the pick to New Orleans. That would be hilarious. <laughs> I want that to happen. Number nine, Atlanta jumps to number one. Are you kidding me? All right, let's give a shout out to our All-Stars. I love you, All-Stars. You are incredible. I'm so happy you're on uh, on the Hoops Nerd team. All right, there we go. Oh, my gosh. Tim Robach, did we, did we give you a... Whoa, hold the phone. Hold the phone. We got a new All-Star on our team. It didn't show me. No way. Guys, we have Tim Robach. Oh, my gosh. You just joined today. Tim, you're an all-star. Oh, my gosh. We just got to 21. I got to remember 21, man. <laughs> I was thinking about it today. What if we got to, like, 30 all-stars and I had to remember 30? <laughs> All right, guys. I'm putting his name in the channel here. Tim. Robach. What's the name? Let me know. Uh, if you're, by the way, if you're a jazz fan and you haven't subscribed to the channel yet, what are you doing? Like and subscribe. Welcome to the channel, Tim. I hope you're watching right now. It looks like you might not be on. Uh, maybe you joined in between shows. So, ah, oh, that's amazing. Tim Robach, something robot, maybe, maybe. Um. Hoops Robot, Tim Robocop. <laughs> uh, you know, some people say Tiny Tim, but I'm thinking like Big Tim Robock. Tim Roblocked. Oh, that's pretty good. Tim the Roadblock. Ah, Tim. Oh, that's kind of fun. Roadblocked. Roblocked. Roblocked. Roblocked, baby. Tim Roblocked. I kind of like that. Roblocked, baby. Mm. All right. It's time to do a poll. Anyone else got row it bat? Row it Bach. Bach row. Tim. Let's see. Mm, uh, mm, uh. <laughs> It's hard to think of these nicknames right on the spot. Let's see. Tim Robach, did we? It says rejoined. I wonder if you jumped levels. Because uh, I would have remembered your... Unless we gave you one for anything before. The block. Oh. I like that. The block. Tim Robach. Like, new kid on the block. Or on the block in the paint. The block, Tim Robach. 
the ultimate Tim protector. Oh, that might be it, Gabriel. That might be it. By the way, Gabriel, do you go by Gabriel or Gabe? That might be it. Tim protector Robock, baby. That's amazing. The Tim protector Robock. No way. I'm not even voting. That's what I like. The Tim Protector Robot. The Tim Protector Robot. Like the Rim Protector, but the Tim Protector, that's pretty great. That's pretty great. All right. I'm glad we I'm glad we caught it. I'm glad we caught it, Tim, because you get your you get your flowers for joining the All-Stars. The Tim Protector Robot. Boom. Good job, Gabe. That was a good one. Well done. Well done. All right. We got a new all-star. We're up to 21. 21. All right. Let's see. Let's, uh, <laughs> if anyone remembers mine, 21. If you remember that, then I guess you enjoyed mine. I don't know. All right. Let's give a shout out to our all-stars and especially our new, our new all-star, the Tim Protector Robrock. Uh, Nathan Butnett Burkhart, Jay... Dirty Jazz Car Wash Channel, Fly Eagles Fly Platinum Eagles, The Real Leal, The Real Deal, Lars Jarvin and Ryan Perry, The Legend, Just Buckets, JB, Baby Elliot Matson, Christian House Money to Haas, The Outlaw, Jesse James Nelson, Ezekiel Ricebe, The Man from Down Under, See Ya, Alexa Later, Built Ford Tough, Alexander Tufts, Jorge Arrizaga, Miguel de Cabajo, Jordan the Goat, Best Roll, TGD, Total Game Domination, Tyson Price, The Price is Right, Austin R. Grant, Editor Extraordinaire, KG10 to TH5, DW to CB, Darren Williams to Carlos Boozer, Patrick Kubo, The Connoisseur, and Robert Hall of Fame. Good night, everyone. Good night, Lars. Good night, Nathan. Good night, Gabe. Good night, everybody. Christian. Uh, let's see. I don't want to miss anybody. Good night. Good night, Moon. Good night, Stars. Good night, Hoops nerds, I will talk to you next. Oh, $2. Christian House Money to Haas. $2 to Book Gap. You are incredible. House Money, thank you. I appreciate it. Guys, I will talk to you next time.